0: hey guys welcome to get live podcast kunai it's me bish and you're like oh my god bish where the hell have the kunai episodes been we've you've been like weaning us on like two episodes in a whole year what the hell's been going on uh covid has obviously made it very difficult for us to record as you guys can imagine but we're hanging in there we're gonna try our best to get you guys episodes um if not every month maybe every two months every three months etc because obviously you guys know that kunai takes a long time Get done. In the meantime, I just want to introduce our guest today, because there is no Kevin, there is no Joe for the meantime, but we've got someone who's been on the podcast before. It's Ty- no, it's not Tyson. But yeah, we've got Will on today. He's been on the podcast before. And We've been scheduling this episode maybe for the last year, and every time we record it, there's always been problems. I don't know, but it's it's always been the case. So finally, we're doing it. It's Sweetness and Lightning. For those that don't know about Sweetness and Lightning, Sweetness and Lightning is an animation television series adapted by TMS Entertainment. So if you guys don't know who TMS are, they're the people that are currently uh, animating Dr. Stone. Uh, they've done Conan, DuckTales as well, Spider-Man, the animated series. So they have a very large repertoire in terms of animation for western world and also in japan so really really cool company we'll get into it a little bit but before we do let's get onto the disclaimer for you new folks, Get Alive Podcast Kunai is an anime discussion podcast under the Get Alive group. Due to the nature of discussion, we cannot avoid spoilers of the show to be discussed. For those shows that are based off an existing piece of work, whether it's manga, light novel, or some other media form, we're not going to be covering the source material. If you'd like to recommend a show for us to watch or make an episode of Kunai on, leave us a suggestion on our Discord page, getalivepodcast.com forward slash discord. And big thanks to our sponsors, JLS Japan Crate and Crunchy role. Sweetness and Lightning focuses around a single dad who his name is Kohei. So Kohei inzuka is a teacher who's been raising his daughter Sumugi by himself uh, following the death of his wife. So I think his wife died recently in this whole scheme of things. And it's basically his journey on making food, etc. Learning about how to make food and, and making his daughter happy through food with the help of one of his students, Kotori-chan. So Will, I want to know your sort of first impressions. How did you get into the show what was your first introduction to the show were you watching it simulcasted or like how did you know about
1: it i watched it when it was airing and i watched it weekly fell in love with it honestly you know kind of spoiler there you know that i do really enjoy the show i was actually introduced to it by an anime friend that i had gotten to know talking with on the Crunchyroll forum and we actually were in a anime discord group together and like we were just talking about different shows and things like that and i was kind of trying to branch out from like my my normal i'm always looking for different things to try to like sink my teeth into and explore outside the, the normal anime and he was a fan of the manga i had been reading the manga for a long time and he was really hyping up the show so he's the one who told me to check it out so i did and here we are
0: awesome i mean for me i would say i can't even remember really how i got into it like the way i found out about it was through the manga, actually, which is really rare. I was really getting into manga around, I don't know, I would say maybe 2017, I was really buying a lot more manga and I was actually going to comic book stores and buying them. And I really wanted to get a lot of like romance manga, like a lot of shoujo beat stuff. I think this manga was like done by Yen Press. I'm not sure, I can't remember, but either way. I think it's Kodansha. I went into the comic book store and they had a lot of manga uh, on a three for two deal. Usually what I do is I pick three different manga, like from the first chapter of the first volume and we see how it goes. And usually, I think I pick, I can't remember which ones I picked actually. I think I picked Kiss Him, Not Me, maybe also Kami Sama Kiss as well, and Sweetness and Lightning. Basically, it was a manga that I got for free and I just enjoyed it. I was like, oh my God, it's really cool. That's kind of cool
1: just thinking about it in that idea with that kind of company. Of, of stories too.
0: to be honest with you. It was just like I didn't know what it was about I didn't do any research, but I saw it. And I was just like, oh my god. I didn't even open it I just saw the cover and I was like hell. Yeah, man. I'm going for this I thought it was like a romance manga or something like that was it was it issue one. It was issue one Yeah, okay Even when you search it on on the internet on like crunchyroll and stuff like that It comes under the romance tag I would say it's very misleading because it's not a romantic anime by any means
1: They're probably getting the information from the manga itself how it does developed even in the manga later on it's not even romance but it has some romance like uh, annotations to it I guess you could say So, but I think it's more relationships and not romance
0: yeah I would say so at least looking at the anime which is what we do here on Kunai but to be honest with you like my first impressions I was really blown away with how kawaii the show was like in terms of how colorful it is how nicely animated and how, how like very heartwarming it is you know at first i felt it was like one of those feel good shows like it was just full of energy yes it does have its times where there are more sadder plot points and whatnot but i just kept watching to watch because it just made me feel good and i also really wanted to learn about food because i was like really never used to cook i never used to do anything for myself in that sense so learning about cooking through anime that isn't something like food wars was interesting well,
1: let's be honest who doesn't
0: love food but yeah it, it kind of sounds odd that i say this in my first impressions but watching it for the first time it felt very nostalgic i kind of looked at my own life and I, I remember memories that i have of my dad because obviously he passed away and whatnot and the first episode of the show made me cry a lot not because of the whole situation with my dad but it was just because one thing that sumugi-chan said and that got me a lot it was just like write a letter to mum and ask her to make me some meat that made me cry i was just like shit man like at the beginning obviously she's not getting the best meals and whatnot all she wants is like a home-cooked meal i don't think she really understands that her mum has passed away
1: early on no, no and that's like starts out with the dad literally looking at the food that he's getting for his daughter and it's like mm. microwave meals and tv dinners. Yeah. and he's like oh my god what am i doing i've got to do mm. better by her it's it's on
0: mm. me now you can really see that coming out when he actually says i want my daughter to have a good meal that in itself it brought the show down to earth a little bit from the first episode and that also made me cry as well like i was just like fuck like this Guy, he really loves his family to that point. Like this one small thing means the world to him. You know, it's such a small thing, but it makes such a big impact.
1: Almost like a revelation. So it's that mm. that whole concept of unquestioned love, obviously for his daughter, but also like I said, the revelation that he knows that his mission in life is to do better by her, and that it's going to be on him for at least a while now.
0: And you know what? That in itself made me respect the show because usually in, in a lot of anime, you don't. Get that much character development within the first episode. Well, like I said, it's such a small line to say, but even in that one small line, you get to learn a lot about Kohei as a character and also a lot about Tsumugi. It made me want to binge this show straight away. Like, obviously, I didn't watch this simulcaster, So I wanted to binge the show and see how Sensei would grow as a father and how he would kind of overcome these seemingly really small obstacles. But obviously, like I said, if you don't know how to cook and if you don't know how to, you know, prepare meals, those small obstacles mean a lot but it's nice to see him overcome all of those things and I think that is sort of the perfect overview of what this show is about it's about a, a dad that really wants to learn more so he can do better for his family and I think that that in itself is very admirable to
1: me I think it's a re- you know really good setup about just diving into what the show is ultimately about so I'll just go over here with my, my first impressions of it so going into that first episode like I said going in cold not knowing anything about it for me like I got an initial sense and feeling of. of sadness from the get-go, but there was also love there. There was heart there. There was sincerity there. Um, and And right from the start, it also establishes that food has meaning in the series. Food has meaning in our life, and it's beyond just taste, just nutrition. You know, it's about your love that you put into the food that you're making for your family and your relatives and the people that you love and care about. Even when he goes and just makes like the simple rice for Sumugi, and she's enjoying it and like starts to cry and then promises her and says, you know, daddy will make you good
0: food. Even seeing that whole rice thing. It kind of surprised me a little bit because it was just like, I don't know. It's it's weird because I never used to make rice until I got a rice cooker. So I was just like, do people in Japan not have rice cookers? Like, why is he making, like, do, do you know, it seemed a bit odd to me.
1: Like, like Not everyone does use rice cookers, a majority of people do, but I mean, there are some people I still do an old school pot and pan and water and you know what I mean?
0: I know it seems a bit odd but it's just every anime that I see with food in it rice is always coming out of a rice cooker so to see the rice being cooked in that way I mean it was like what was it in like a ceramic pot like even like that's beyond old school you know that's like
1: yeah there's there's a lot of people that still use those.
0: Alright no I didn't know that I just it was interesting to me so would, that kind of confused me a little bit. To see her sort of tear up over rice it made me feel really upset it was just like shit is she, if she's getting this excited for rice what the fuck was she eating before like what was the food that was given to her that rice is amazing you know what i mean
1: and i totally get that and it's kind of funny though because you also have to look at it from the aspect of her being a child so like i'll give examples here when i'm teaching some of my students and we start talking about food and they start being able to practice expressing things about themselves such as you know i like this i don't like that my favorite whatever is this and like i'll simple like you know we'll st- start talking about food and I'll ask them like, oh, what food do you like? Or what is your favorite food? And lots of little kids will say rice.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Think of it from like an American or a Western point of view. If you ask a, a child in that same kind of age group, what's your favorite food? A lot of them are gonna say things like macaroni and cheese, chicken nuggets, French fries. Those simple, warm comfort foods that kids can just dig
0: into. That makes sense. I mean, to kind of dive into it a little more, like isn't the Japanese word for food in itself, like Gohan, means rice, right? Yes. It makes a lot of sense when you put it that way, to be honest with you. But that kind of goes into a lovely point about the show itself, because the show is structured in such a way where each episode focuses on a different recipe or a different meal. So I really wanted to ask you, what was your favorite episodes and moments within the show? Because obviously I found it quite hard to find one because every episode in itself has its own merit, has its own enjoyment, whether it is for specifically to learn the recipe or the character development that happens throughout. So what would you say is your favorites?
1: My favorite episode overall was number seven, but that was mostly just because of the shark song.
0: Yes. Oh my God. I love that episode, but I love it for a different reason. And I'll let you finish why, but
1: well, what, what I really liked about that is not just from the, from the actual shark song itself, but the fact that you actually got to see different sides of both Samugi and uh, Kohei where like Kohei actually got mad and Yelled at her and was, you know, being that dis- I don't want to say disgruntled parent, but that's kind of what it was. Like, he got to a point where he was so scared and so worried about her that he didn't know how to react. So, when he finally saw her, he just went off. And then, on the flip side of that, you got to see Samugi throwing the tantrums that a four-year-old child you know can go into and uh, I think that it really humanized the series as a whole because you know up to that point it had some serious moments it had you know things dealing with the mom's you know passing and all the type of stuff but you know it was still each episode had been kind of for lack of better words happy-go-lucky and you know cute and funny and about the cooking and the eating but this time you got to see them in different lights you know what I mean so like I said it it really kind of tied them and grounded them to a more you know reality type situation.
0: To be honest with you the reason why I love that episode why it's one of my favorite episodes is not just because of the conflict that occurred right it's also because of the fact that even within the animation and the art style and just the scenery changes because a lot of the show takes place either at home Kotori's house or the school or kindergarten right so it's like there's not much else that happens so for her to go on this little adventure and then obviously singing the shark song and having those sharks pop out and having those random like school kids just help her across the street it was quite nice or even the little old lady like that that was quite cool i was just like wow so we get to see more of this world it's not just these four scenes that we normally see i thought that was very interesting but another thing that i thought was great was just the fact as you mentioned very humanizing and i can understand where kohei is coming from because this child is his life this is his daughter Everything to her, especially considering that he had just lost his wife a year earlier And that's pretty much all he has left of you know his wife in general because obviously that's his offspring So to lose her I can understand where he's coming from and where he's thinking like shit I can't let her out of my sight for a second if anything had happened to her What would I have done and I can understand? Sumugi's side as well, because all she's trying to do is that she saw her dad was sick and she was trying to get him stuff to make him feel better. And she doesn't understand all the different dangerous things in the world. She's an instant child. She doesn't have the capacity to understand that. From both sides, I can understand.
1: Going back to that whole thing too, like, it's also a little bit different uh, in in Japan as well when it comes to kids. So like, but they're looked at already as like a member of the community and everyone around is supposed to kind of help and look out for them. And that's why you'll see things like, you know, Obachans, Obasans, you know, older people talking with kids walking with them you'll see you know older kids like high school kids help little kids like walk down the street look for things things like that it's also why like you look at something compared here to back in america like if you just saw you know a strange man sitting on a park bench watching kids play while drinking an Asahi in america that'd be like what is this guy doing who who is he But here in Japan, it's expected. It's expected for adults to just watch out for the kids, things like that. So it's like I said, it's kind of a different take when it uh, comes to those kind of things. But I also think that also shows too why in this situation with Samugi, why she was already in this like um, sense of, I can go do this on my own, even at four years old to go help my dad who's sick because you know people are gonna look out for me not knowing that there are still dangers in the world.
0: I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a, a culture shock for me. I mean, but I mean, in the UK as well, like you don't see kids walking home from school, especially like these younger kids. You don't really see them walking home from school by themselves, right? It's usually they get picked up by a parent, they go home by a parent, etc. So, I mean, I've seen this in other anime where it's like, you know, younger kids. I, I don't know, maybe not middle school, but what do you call them? Like in the UK, we call them primary school, but like uh, like elementary school kids, right?
1: Yeah, so here it's elementary, junior and high.
0: Yeah, I mean, elementary school kids, I mean, here in the UK, you don't see them going home by themselves. Like, that's not a thing. But I mean, in Japan, it happens a lot, no?
1: Yes and no. So there's like I said, there's always some kind of adult around like, uh, you know, uh, at all my schools, for instance, like usually two or maybe three teachers will walk home Mm. with the youngest, youngest kids from the school. They don't walk all the way home, but they walk them to like a certain point where then they'll meet like a grandparent or a parent and then they'll go the rest of the way home type of a deal. Or like some communities have volunteers, like I said, that are usually older, retired folks. That they come to the school and meet the kids and walk home with them kind of a thing. But then when they're older, like you said, in junior high school and high school, it's they're just kind of left to their own devices and things like that. You know, get home however you can.
0: Okay. Other than episode seven, what would you say would be standout episodes or highlights for you?
1: Just remember, I wrote down the, the quote from episode three, where Kohei reminded Smoogie saying, you're a good girl. Because so I think that was the episode where she got upset where uh, she had been blamed for like taking the other students like clay or something like that and was getting upset and she was like am i a bad girl and he's like no you're
0: a good girl for me i know it sounds a bit odd but i I'm, I'm not really a fan of those kind of episodes i know it sounds really shitty for me to say this like i don't like that sort of character development but i found it got annoying very quickly because. I understand, yes, she is a child, but constantly seek that sort of gratification annoyed me a little bit. I was like, is this all we see of Sumugi? Like she gets like annoyed quite easily and just frustrated and she always wants to seek her father's approval, but I get it. She's she's four years old, but still, no, I I understand
1: what you're saying, but I, I also don't think it's just his approval. It's just one of those things that that you know kids in general just don't want to be viewed in a bad light and things like that like i know some of my students that if they get caught misbehaving they'll sometimes get upset not because they got caught but because it's like oh no i did something bad
0: so for me what what kind of annoyed me more so was just the fact that there are some points in the anime in which she is she doesn't like to be treated like a child and she wants to seek independence and i think even in the episode where she's like i'm not a baby i'm a cat you know what i mean she doesn't want to be seen as like this this sort of person that needs to be protected all the time. She doesn't want to live in that bubble, but at the same time, she is a child, right? And she does get upset when her dad scolds her. Do you see what I'm saying? Technically, yes, like she doesn't like to be treated as a baby, but yet she is treated like a, a baby.
1: Well, it's also, you know, obviously they could only do so much in the like 12 episodes and things like that, but you know, part of the entire series too eventually becomes kind of like Smoogie's self discovery as she grows because, she, like in the manga, she actually gets older and everything like it continues on until she leaves to go to high school.
0: In terms of like other favorite episodes, I wouldn't say that they're my favorite in terms of story because I don't know if you agree with me, but this show you can pretty much, apart from a few episodes, you can pretty much watch it out of order and it would still kind of make sense. And I think that's probably because it's structured... Ah, I don't want to say this, but it's kind of structured like a sitcom, like an American sitcom, like something like The Office. I know it sounds a bit weird, and I know you're looking at me like, what the hell?
1: I can totally see that point of view, yeah. So it's an interconnected story, but it's kind of loose. It's just, it's the same characters, and they are quote-unquote aging and developing, but it's like, if you watched episode 10 before you ever watched episode 3, you'd be fine. Now, the first episode, you still kind of need to start there but other than
0: that yeah. And I think that is it's one of the reasons why for example we never sort of cover slice of life anime on Kunai just because there is no real story structure. I think Sweetness and Lightning is a little bit of an exception only because the show in itself is centered around food so there is a topic of discussion for each episode. It's not like it's random funny you know comedic moments that don't really mean anything but because every meal has some sort of personal connection to either Kohei Kotori-chan or Tsumugi so there is character development through food and I thought that was very interesting hence why I sort of suggested it for Kunai but going back onto my favorite episodes I would say my favorite episodes are the ones in which they cook very interesting meals and I know that sounds really stupid but like for me episode 3 was a really good episode but not because of the whole Tsumugi stealing the clay and whatnot I found that sort of laborious but it was making the hamburg steak it was that sort of build-up You know, she wanted to have these hamburger steaks, right? But I, I think before, if I'm not mistaken, he bought them from the grocery store, right? Yes. Obviously, she was used to that sort of style of food. You know, it was easy to eat. It was basic. I would say basic nutrition at that point uh, with it not being fresh and whatnot. But she was used to that. As you mentioned before, the whole kids eating the whole, you know, French fries, chicken nuggets and whatnot. So for her, that was like her comfort food, you know. So to see that and to see it being made in a very interesting way, I don't know. Like like to see it made with like this sort of teriyaki sauce was quite interesting because, I mean, it, it seemed a bit odd to me. Like no one eats a burger like that. You're American, right? So, no one really eats something like that in America. It seemed a bit odd to me. Well, in
1: America, we just we usually call it something different. Like we call it a Salisbury steak. So, like oh, here, okay. like here in Japan, like if you say hamburg, usually they mean like a hamburger steak. Now, if mm. you say the hamburger, then they usually are meaning the hamburger sandwich. But yeah, actually, like Hamburg, like Hamburg steak, is actually really popular here. I
0: didn't know much about it. So for me, it was my mission. I was like, oh, my God, what is this new food? Like, it's basically a burger patty on rice. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing.
1: Literally all it is. <laughs>
0: I know but it was just so simple and I'll be real with you when I saw it I kind of felt the same way Tsumugi-chan felt so I was like hell yeah man like just because it was new for me obviously for Tsumugi it wasn't new I would say the fact that it was freshly made made it amazing to her do you know what I mean the fact that dad made this meal it was something that she could be proud of
1: it's like going from eating let's just use the, the term like a frozen hamburger patty to doing something that you saw made in front of you that you helped make and things like that you, you smelled it while it was cooking and all that. It's it's, it's an entirely different experience.
0: I, I'm not sure if you have any more favorite moments or episodes, but I kind of really want to get into the story aspect because as, as we mentioned before, this, this show doesn't necessarily have much of a story. It does have character development through food but not an sort of overarching story there. So I wanted to talk about the theme of food.
1: Well, I just want to touch on just two more quick things here. I loved episode four. That was the one with the green peppers. So that's, you know, kind of a real hit and miss thing here with kids because you know, they're a little bit bitter. And I just love that after they thought that they had gotten her to eat green peppers and put it in her food. And then as Kohei's eating, he finds out that she snuck the green peppers into his meal. And then she just gives him the most smug look that like you've ever seen. Like if you go on Google and you type the word like anime smug.
0: Yes, I know which one you're talking about.
1: Many of the pictures will be that look from that face. And then also that same episode when she was doing her little no dump dance thought that was that was great and then also episode six i remember that one because of i can't i always mispronounce the name was yagi yagi and shinobu they come to have the gyoza party and like they end up they come together uh show up there together i should say and end up finding out that they can actually cook and like you guys can cook and it's just that whole thing that you know once again bringing up that the whole topic of how food really brings people to Together. So it's not just the dad, the daughter, you know, it's all these other characters being involved as well.
0: Talking about that whole experience with food and having everyone kind of coming into it, I kinda kept this a secret for this episode. But because I've really been getting into food and really getting into our other podcast, Umai, which has actually finally aired, in which we kind of talk about sweetness and lightning briefly. I wanted to say and I wanted to mention that I've actually done most of the recipes from the show.
1: That's a great plug. I'm just saying great little plug there.
0: I had to do it but it was a lot to learn because as I mentioned this show doesn't really have much of a plot but you learn a lot from the show itself like I want to try it myself because it's like watching the show made me very excited for food made me think that oh my god I can do new shit like before one or two years ago I was just making omelets and I did some crazy combinations that didn't quite work like putting watermelon in an omelet and obviously if you try and fry a watermelon it doesn't work because it just becomes gloopy because it's mostly water and you shouldn't do that. I just just ready to say, what? what? Why do you think it's called a watermelon? (laughs) Look, for me, when I open the fridge, I see what's in there and it's like eggs and like watermelon. Don't get me wrong. My fridge is always full, but I always look for these weird things to put into food. And I was like, maybe this will work. Maybe that will will work. You know,
1: with food and cooking, it's always good to experiment. Otherwise, how else are you going to know? Like, just say, I I think about this all the time. Like, who was the first person that thought about taking flour, eggs, butter and Sugar and making a cake. You know what I mean? Like who thought of that first?
0: Yes Watermelon omelette doesn't sound great and it wasn't but I mean I learned from that and now I don't really cook eggs to begin with But where I really came to love this show was after seeing the Hamburg steak episode episode 3 that's when I decided you know what I'm actually gonna go and cook this So I watched this show multiple times because like I said we were rescheduling this episode so many times I think I've watched the show like seven times technically it's like the most watched anime I've ever seen Scene. I was constantly rewatching as well to get those recipes correct because they do show the recipe in the show. You can actually pause it, and it is translated as well if you're watching it on Crunchyroll. You can pause it and actually follow the recipe because Kotori's mum writes it all down, and she put these really cute little drawings and stuff, which I thought was really interesting. And Kotori mentions that it's written in simple Japanese, so a child can read it and understand it. And I thought. You know what? That's pretty cool. So if these recipes are designed for children to do, then I think I could do them as well. So that's why I tried the Hamburg steak I tried making. I did not do the gratin because that is just too advanced for me. Donuts, yes, done that. The gyoza I did as well. The mochi I didn't do. The stew, I did that. The squid stew. I did the curry and I did crepes as well. I didn't do... Oh, and the... uh, uh I can't pronounce it, but the final episode, Okonomiyaki, whatever it's called. I did that yeah
1: okonomiyaki yeah so i'll just say like going, go, going along with your little story you're telling right now like one of the notes that i put like at the end uh, end of my thing because you know i'm a bit of a foodie too and i enjoy cooking it says you can cook all the meals presented in the series." and they're very true to life.
0: It's a no-brainer, they're not difficult. Yes, there are some points in which, yes, you need to chop and whatnot, but you can't really cook without <laughs> without chopping. I've never heard of any sort of meal in which you don't need to use a knife other than rice. It, it was just interesting to me just to sort of learn with them and just experiment as well. Like the first time I made that Hamburg steak, I was like, fuck, this is amazing. Like I felt the smooky energy, you know, like the positivity behind it. And I, I kind of encourage everyone to sort of do this. And I'm, I'm not sure if this is a sort of challenge 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 or something but take the time to watch the show and if you've never made food before or if you don't really cook for yourself take the time and try some recipes because they are that simple to do like it's not doesn't take a genius but yeah no I mean like in terms of of how the episodes work and and all of that like I've had like a personal connection to a lot of these things just because of the food aspect of it especially with the curry as well like at the beginning I tried making it it was shit and then I kind of put it up a level you know don't get me wrong I'm not making it. Fresh. I'm using a curry roux, but it's... Yeah,
1: it, it still counts it's still cooking so I, I cook curry here a lot and i usually get mm-hmm. a curry roux. i actually prefer the the block curry, curry like oh, okay. um and i tell you it, it's good you know and like that's i mean it's used for a reason and it's a very 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 popular uh dinner and meal in japan in general lots of people eat curry multiple times a week even here
0: so i love it i'm not gonna lie like i want to ask you a question out of all of the food presented in the show what would say would be your favorite meal uh, from the the ones that are presented if You know, maybe something that you've never tried before and you're like, shit, I want to try that. Or something in which you've tried and you're like, oh man. I'm always gonna go back to this.
1: I've actually cooked quite a few of these meals myself or gotten them other places and everything. But one thing, like I keep talking about it and then I never do it is like, you know, a lot of people around here know that I like to cook and we've suggested it's like, why don't you have like, you know, a cooking party, a food party? So I keep going back, like I said, to the gyoza party episode. I would love to do something like that. So it's something that really intrigues me because I've never made my own gyoza. And a lot of people here do. They like, you know, gyoza is actually really easy to get here either frozen you know or like or made from like the the convenience stores things like that and people just bring it home heat it up but you can actually just get all the ingredients at supermarkets and make it yourself Mm. and i would love to try to do that sometime
0: i mean it's pretty simple it's like a like i I don't know if like don't have to explain it but it's like a pasty right yeah if you've ever had like a cornish pasty but it's kind of like that
1: they're kind of like a pierogi almost
0: oh yeah pretty much that's basically what it is i think the most difficult thing about making gyoza is the actual I don't I, I don't know the lining doesn't sound right I, I don't know if that's the right word to use but like the the show. like the shell of the gyoza right the pastry part of it like that is difficult to to do but you can actually go to a lot of japanese supermarkets a lot of asian supermarkets and buy them pre-made and just fill them and steam them or fry them or do whatever you want to do so it's like very simple to do
1: like i said i don't think it's gonna be for me any one particular food or meal but just like for me it'd be the idea of having like it's some kind of cooking party cooking get together whether it's like hot pot curry gyoza whatever and people just like you know hey bring some vegetables we'll see what we can make up with that you know what i mean i like i'll pull out pots and you know my burners all that type of stuff set up the you know the kotatsu and stuff. let's just have a meal
0: you have a kotatsu
1: oh yeah of course i do
0: what I mean, the hell, man? How did he find one Well, I mean, I'm not going to say how did you find one of them. You can find them anywhere. But I found them so difficult to get over here.
1: I, I've actually done a little bit of looking into this. They're starting to become a little bit more popular outside of Japan. Like, they're, uh, like I've actually seen people actually get in them, like, in, in America now and some other countries. But, yeah, like, uh, during winter, I pretty much live at my Kotatsu. Like, I'll take my laptop, set it up on it, and I just sit there. The, the only problem is it's dangerous. And it's dangerous because I'll fall asleep at it.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, well I mean that's a that's a pretty popular anime trope, no? Just that everyone's falling asleep under the katatsu.
1: I talk to other teachers and staff that I work with all the time, and they're like, yeah, I fell asleep in my kotatsu.
0: There was another thing that I wanted to mention in regards to just, like, the cooking aspect of it, because you mentioned this whole coming together and wanting to do this cooking parties and stuff like that, and I feel that this show can kind of encourage that. I I was kind of disappointed not to find, was there was no hot pot episode, you know? Like, usually in in anime, not necessarily cooking anime, but usually in animes that have a large ensemble, or or maybe more than four characters or whatnot, there will usually be a hot pot style episode like we see it in Persona we see it in you know other series where they just come together and just have like a campsite type situation and eat a hot pot but I'm surprised they didn't do that here
1: it's gonna sound really bad but I don't remember them even having an an episode or a time where they could have hot pots because like a lot of times people only do hot pots like late fall through winter kind of a deal and I don't remember there being any specific timing you know around that or if it was it was at a time before they had all all the characters had kind of come together
0: to be honest with you it's a good point that you mentioned that it's just like everything seems to happen in a void and that's one thing that i didn't necessarily enjoy and stand like if it wasn't happening in the void then obviously then there wouldn't be much reason anyway because it's about food there's not much to do other than that but it would have been nice to have seen a little bit of snow or something that was like Christmassy. like there was nothing like that i think it would have been interesting to see a christmas episode with that sort of family dynamic as well like maybe them making a christmas cake you know what i mean like i think that would have been interesting to see especially because the show has sumugi and it would have been great to see you know how energetic she would have got because of christmas because you know Kids fucking love Christmas. Yeah, I think
1: it's also because th- it, this is one of those series where they were actually trying to follow the manga, so it just hadn't gotten to that point yet. So, like from the time that the anime starts till we get to the last episode, I think it's only been like a year.
0: You've gone through a year within twelve episodes. Like, there's a lot of time jumps, and there's a lot of shit that you don't feel that has sort of properly been resolved. Like for me, if they didn't make that distinction and say it was a year had passed since his wife. passed away, I would have thought that this anime would have taken place maybe over a couple of months. Because the characters and their growth together doesn't seem like a year's worth of growth. It seems like a month, two months of growth.
1: It's funny because it's it's a condensed show and within the show it's condensed
0: episodes. Well, that's another thing because even even the way that the show is structured, I think this is obviously very important to discuss, is like, as you said, that there, it's very like situational in that sense. You know, you get set up at the beginning that sort of hints to what's going on. Then you see like a cut to the school where he's talking. Like it's always the same sort of style of episode. So Sumugi so wants something, he speaks to Kotori-chan, Kato- like outside of the school window then Katori-chan invites them they make the food and then it's it's pretty much a cookie cutter situation I would say I wouldn't want to say a monster of the week, but it's basically a monster of the week show but with food and I find that it's kind of limiting in terms of what you can do in terms of growth So that in itself for me was a bit upsetting and you know, like I said, the, the story was was slow yet It was going too quickly for my for my honest opinion it was just like, I, I don't know. And I think it's probably because we didn't really see more of, of what actually happened to the characters outside of this whole cooking situation. I would imagine within the manga, you'd see more about the dramas and events in their lives, maybe Sumugi-chan's birthday, that kind of stuff. You would have seen more of that just because you have more time to do so. I don't want to say that this doesn't do the manga justice. And it causes some concerns for me later on, which I'll kind of speak about. But have you kind of felt like that? Did you feel the pacing was off in this show?
1: not really i mean there's there's certain point in it where i was like well why didn't they develop this more or you know why Mm -hmm. did they rush this kind of part but it's like very minimal like i didn't really you know pay attention really to the to the overall pacing in the way that you did just because the fact i was so engrossed with everything that was going on and seeing them actually you know go through the daily routines and the cooking and all that type of stuff so i felt for me watching it week to week versus doing it it as like a binge watch it's also a lot different different of a feeling to it. Now, of course I did go, I've gone back and I've rewatched the show two more times since it originally aired, but like I said, I still have that same kind of feeling because of how I initially watched it.
0: I was very excited to watch it at the beginning for its story and whatnot, but then, like I said, I've seen this show like seven times so it kind of became more of a recipe book for me. You
1: gotta remember, anime is basically advertisement for the source material, so it's trying to get you to go and get the manga.
0: <laughs> the funny thing is it doesn't do a great job because i bought the manga beforehand that's a that's another thing and i only own one volume the anime hasn't made me want to go and buy more of the manga
1: Whereas like I had the opposite experience since I watched the anime first and I watched a couple of times now, I went back and I haven't read all the manga, but I went back and I've read it through, you know, e-readers and stuff like that. But as a matter of fact, I actually have every volume sitting on my wish list on Amazon. I'm just waiting to pull the trigger to buy them because I'm waiting for them to get volume seven in. I don't know why, like right in the middle of the run, they're missing volume seven. So once they get that, I'm just going to buy them all and start reading
0: them. The one other thing that I wanted to mention, I remembered it now, was the fact that this show is done by TMS and I kind of want to bring Dr. Stone up for a second. I know it sounds a bit odd, but I watch a show like Dr. Stone and it feels like an hour has passed, even though it's it's the same runtime. It's like 22 minutes. There's so much going on that it just feels like it's one of like those hour long TV shows. Right. But I watched this show and it is once again, it's 22 minutes, but it feels like it's an 11 a minute anime you know like a shorter run anime and and i know people get annoyed by this but part of me thinks that you could cut this show down and condense it to 11 minutes it's just because there's not much going on other than the cooking i feel that like i said i did after a while use it as like a digital cookbook going back and watching it for recipes specifically
1: so i'm i'm wondering though too if it has to do kind of like with what kind of show it is and the premise behind it and everything so like i give an example all the time that actually one of my favorite fantasy anime that have come out in recent years is Grimgar Fantasy and Ash. A lot of people like, you know, I still remember like chatting in the forums on Crunchyroll while it was airing and everything that a lot of people kept getting annoyed because the story wasn't progressing fast enough because it's set in a fantasy world. It's technically an isekai series, but it's one of the things that it barely even touches on the isekai part of it. The main characters, it takes them like three quarters of the season just to learn how how to fight goblins without getting themselves killed but that's what i liked about it is how slow and how developing it was and it's like they try to make it more grounded and even though it's a fantasy world it's a real fantasy world and that's what i think is kind of like a similar aspect with this show is that it's still dealing with real world issues and it's kind of getting you to pay attention more to what's going on minute by minute as opposed to day by day or week by week
0: would you say it's kind of like a biopic in that sense like it's more of an intimate style show right now
1: that's actually a pretty decent comparison there so yeah i mean because it's it's focusing on the characters and it's focusing on what they're doing but it's focusing on what some people might view as a mundane task and that's what i guess it ties everything together
0: that's interesting speaking about that and speaking about the mundane uh, let's go into characters i'm not saying that the characters are mundane but some of them are so in this show you have your main cast of characters which is tsumuki-chan kohei kotori and then you have your Side characters, which is Shinobu, uh, Yagi, and would you say the mum is a side character? I think she only appears in like one episode, but would I wouldn't? Well, she's okay, she's a guest appearance, yep, but there
1: you go yes star
0: but at the same time we learn a lot about the mom through her recipes and we learn a lot about her mom through the tv appearances so i don't know i would say that she is a supporting character it is quite a small cast of characters especially for the show and it kind of adds to the whole intimacy of the show especially what you were saying about the whole minute by minute thing the characters in themselves not really notable for me do you know what i mean
1: outside of what i would consider being the main three of kohei sumugi and kouturi i think that's pretty right? Now, I did personally really like Shinobu, just because like, I thought she was a very fun character. But at the same time, if they didn't even bring in Shinobu or Yagi, it really wouldn't even take anything away from the series. They did add to the series, but if they never even appeared, it wouldn't take anything away
0: either. I agree with you, but at the same time, I think with Yagi, he was kind of needed. And the reason why is because Yagi has a whole plot point about, as you said, the guy drinking his beer. It kind of worked out in that way. So I kind of felt that you needed Yagi at least for that one episode. But I agree with you. It's like, he's not necessarily needed for other episodes. And and I think the show knows this to a certain degree. That's why they even put like Yagi and Shinobu together in certain episodes, just because you kind of can't have one without the other. Like they kind of need both of them together to kind of justify themselves being there, if that makes sense.
1: They're kind of like different sides of the same coin.
0: And the fact that even themselves as characters, that they're so linked, like, okay, it, it just happens to be that Yagi buys from their parents store you know what i mean so they are very like closely related as a character so it's kind of as you mentioned two sides of the same coin they're, they're basically one character I, I don't think you can have one without the other in my opinion
1: i didn't mean like as in the characters themselves don't actually matter because obviously they do but what i mean is like had they never even been introduced if they never even put in that part of the story you would still have the main three doing the cooking you know what i mean
0: well i, I mean that's true and exactly and that's exactly the point the whole point of the show is to focus on this journey that Kohei is going on from since his wife passed away. The show can't really continue without Kotori-chan. It can't continue without Sumugi, And obviously Kohei is the dad, so it can't continue at all. So as you said, those characters mean a lot. They're kind of like the Trinity in that sense. Like you can't have one without any of the other. Like if you remove Sumugi chan there's no point of doing the show.
1: But I will say that I am glad that we got Yagi and Shinobu as well, because I do think I said, as I said before, they added to the story. And they're kind of like a distraction at times too. They kind of break. Break away from you know the same old same old every single episode kind of thing now I will say a character that I wish we could have actually gotten would be Kotori's mom like I thought it would have been awesome if there'd been some episodes where she was teaching them how to cook since it was her restaurant
0: definitely as you mentioned it is her restaurant but going on to that I also uh, kind of agree with you but I also disagree I would have liked to have seen Sumugi's mom I know it sounds a bit weird because she's passed away but I thought it would have been very interesting because we kind of see glimpses of her in flashbacks of her cooking, but it's like stills. It's not actually her making food. I would have liked to have seen, because I think there was that one bit where at least early on, he was taking from the mother's cookbook, right? He was using his wife's recipes and his wife's cookbook. And it's like, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of these references to the mum. What role is Kotori-chan playing in this whole show in terms of relationships between characters, right? Because I can imagine Kohei kind of sees her as the student, right? So, But at the same time, he sees her as the, the master, do you know what I mean? Because he's learning a lot from her. His main goal is isn't romance. And that's very clear for Kohei. Like he's not interested in that way. And you can tell. But his goal is, oh, I'm I'm taking this opportunity to learn as much as I can. Think about it from his perspective. She's 16. I think by the time she goes to university, she might go to different prefecture. So he might lose out on that knowledge, first of all. Right? So he might be thinking about it in that way. I know I'm speculating, but that makes sense to me. And also the fact that, you know, the mum is a chef. So he can imagine that, okay, if the mum is a chef she might know how to cook as well. And that's an assumption he makes in the beginning, hence why he was surprised that she doesn't really chop vegetables or anything like that. So there's that relationship there, but I'm interested to know Sumugi's relationship because we know that sumugi chan doesn't have a mom and she references the other kids oh blah blah blah's mom is like that you know what I mean like the other kids in kindergarten she sees how their mums are and it, it's kind of evident in the episode where it was like oh my mom made me this my mom made me this bag and this bag or whatever and she gets really attached to the bag that her mom made for her and she was upset when the dad wanted to buy her a new bag but she was happy at the same time when the dad took on that role that sort of maternal role as well but obviously you see later on in the anime that the dad is not enough for her you know, she needs that sort of mum figure. And that's why she was so excited to see Katori's mom. She was like, oh, like she didn't refer to her as Mrs., I don't know what her name, I think it's Ida or something. I can't remember. But she didn't reference the mum as auntie, didn't reference whatever. She referenced the mom as Katori Chan's mom, right?
1: She's like Kotori's mama.
0: Exactly. So it was like she respected that that was a maternal figure for her. But at the same time, It makes me think, is Kotori-chan a mother figure to her as well? And that's something that I wanted to establish because we see with other characters, at least, uh, at least with Shinobu, you can tell that she's more of a Oni-chan, One-chan sort of figure, you know, a a big sister type, definitely. But you don't see that with Kotori-chan. Kotori-chan seems to me like this sort of motherly figure, if that makes sense especially and you see it a lot with the episode when she ran off and you know and the first place she went to was kotori-chan
1: that's actually a really interesting point i don't know if like i would say it's you know a, a maternal relationship but it's definitely more than a big sister relationship too but i also think some of that might even be stemming from kohei himself because you know we see right from the start when he's desperate to get something good for for samugi to eat like and there's no food that you know he has he can make in the first place that he thinks to go is to kotori's mother's restaurant because she just happened to mention it like in a passing conversation with them and he knew that she was a like dependable student at, at the school. So he's like, it's nearby, let's go here. And then from there on, like it's, it's more of, for lack of better words, an atmosphere thing. Like it's cozy. Kulturi, I think helps bring him that coziness. And then also them knowing that it's her mother's restaurant. That's why it comes back to her recognizing Kulturi's mom as her mom and not Mrs. Ida. You know it's it's i think that's what it comes comes down to
0: the relationship is quite odd because it's not something that i've ever seen before as you mentioned it might not be necessarily maternal but i do definitely think that Samugi sees her as a positive female role model at least even Absolutely. if it's not necessarily a mother figure because she doesn't have a mum, you know what I mean? Right. Like she sees how everyone else's mums are. Like, I can't remember that one kid. That kid, he's such a shithead. Mikio. Yes, I fucking hate him. But at the same time, I like him. Like his mum, she's so mean and stern with him. And then you have the other one, the one that has um, the little girl that has a black hair like yeah, her mom is, is pretty remember. like, Yeah. I mean, she's a bit plain, but the mom is also plain as well. But the mom is like typical, like calm, you know what I mean? So you see all these different archetypes of mothers in this anime. It, it seems as if Sumugi chan is trying to figure out which mom she wants to have, if that yeah. makes sense.
1: It's weird talking about, you know, strictly the anime without comparing to what I do know about the manga from the bit that I have read. That Mm. it kind of evolves into a story where it's not the focus, but it evolves into Smoogie growing up and discovering herself and what she wants out of life, you know,
0: with the people she cares about i mean that was the the one thing that sort of stood out to me in terms of of characters and character development so i'm not sure if there is anything that you want to kind of mention
1: i just want to mention this just because like it's hilarious how we were just bringing up mikio and mikio's mom and like i love it how like he's a little shit but at the same time he does like admit to being wrong even though with like snot coming out of his nose and crying all Mm -hmm. stuff and i love it where like the mom finds out about some of the stuff that he's said and done, and she's literally like, "Are you being a little shit? Yeah, stop being a little shit."
0: See, I like that. I I don't know. There's something about it, like. I don't want to say this kid is gonna end up like a delinquent or anything like that but he, it kind in anime like when you see that sort of mom-son relationship in particularly in that sort of relationship it kind of reminds me of bakugo from uh, my hero academia in a sense because his mom is the same way you know they're, they're only like that because they don't want their kids to be a dickhead so you know what i mean so i thought that was quite interesting i just want to end off the whole character discussion with character design i've noticed that the character designs in the anime is obviously it's it's very different to a lot of anime like you see like if you were to compare it with something like Toradora I know Toradora is a high school anime but you have characters with freaky hair colors like bright blue hair or pink hair but this show it kind of adds to the realism that their hairstyles are pretty usual for for people living in Japan yes Yagi I, I imagine that his hair wasn't always blonde I'm guessing he's trying to go for the bad boy look but Even Sumugi in her hairstyle itself is quite big, it's quite poofy, and it's quite golden as well. It makes me think that, is her mom a foreigner? Because, you know, blonde hair is not really something that you see in in Japanese people, right? So to see that, it makes me think, is she a foreigner? And it kind of goes into the whole voice that Samugi-chan has because it's not it doesn't sound like typical Japanese either so it makes me think is the mum gaijin in some form
1: you have to kind of remember though here too that, that a lot of times reason that you see characters with like crazy hair colors and crazy eye colors is because, you know, 99% of everyone in Japan has black hair, brown eyes. So it's just, just a way to help differentiate characters and add character to them. Because, like, you know, I hate to use that cliche term because I think it's kind of like a slippery slope, but like the whole, you know, we don't see race kind of thing, where obviously Japanese people do. But it's one of those things where even though these characters are Japanese, they're not being... You know, portrayed visually as only being Japanese. Just getting into the character design, this is something that I, I, I made notes of in myself with character design that I thought was interesting about this, is that the person that actually did the character design for the anime, which of course, you know, it's different in the anime versus the manga, is the same guy who was the character designer for Yu-Gi-Oh! and he was also the key animator for the opening song and animation and credits for both I Don't know Exorcist or Blue Exorcist and Anohana, so like he's got like a bunch of different stuff. He's also worked on other series like Chiafuru, the original Full Metal Alchemist, different series like that. So that's like, you kind of see little touches of, like I said, the the more simple, I don't want to use the word simplistic, simplistic yet striking character designs. Like you can Mm -hmm. tell this is that character. This is that character. No two characters look alike in the series. Like even the little kids don't look the same.
0: I could maybe contribute that to the lack of characters in the show to begin with, but yeah, no, you're right. There's no two characters that look the same. I would say, even then, like you can see where Sumugi gets a lot of the features from in terms of the mother. I'm not sure if the dad has the same color eyes as Sumugi. I think so. I'm not sure if she does or not. Seeing that was quite interesting. And obviously, seeing Kotori and Kotori chan's mom. And yeah, there is the variance between the two. But the dad just looks like I don't want to say he looks like your average anime protagonist, but
1: I think that's on purpose, though, too, because he's supposed to be like an everyman father. But to t- talking about the character design with like Samugi is that she's got I would describe it as a chibi look a small body with this big head the giant eyes but that's to go into playing on the fact that she is a young child it adds to that youth factor for her.
0: it seemed a bit off to me I thought maybe she was like five or six or something like that
1: during the ser- the, the show she actually she does turn five during the show I don't remember when exactly this happened but when it went start she's four and she turns five and like I said looking you know at the bit of the manga that I have you know read and looked into as she gets older i
0: i always thought in japan that they had these you know those book bags the ones that they buy them at like kindergarten and it stays for them mm-hmm. for like 20 years you know which ones i'm talking about
1: they wear them all the way up through elementary school and when they go to junior high school they get like a proper school backpack but yeah i can't remember the japanese name for it but literally it just means school bag
0: they're really expensive they're like what like a grand or something they're like
1: they're super expensive like yeah uh, but that's because they're designed to last a long
0: time i didn't see that in the show and i was like oh i thought that there was a missing opportunity there like how come we didn't see the you know the traditional bag and the yellow you know like the platelets from the cells that work i was expecting to see more of that you know what i mean
1: that's also one of those things that like it's it's touched on in so many different series and stuff like that too they probably didn't feel the need to do it since like the you know really the show is about food.
0: Speaking of food and I think that that's probably a a great transition into art style animation I've noticed that the colors that they use are quite I wouldn't say muted but they're not like crazy colors that we see in a lot of slice of life or romance animes it kind of brings more focus onto the meals itself because when you see them cutting fish for example it glistens in, in like underneath the light stuff like that.
1: I made the same notes talking about the art style where it's like I don't want to say that the characters are flat but there's not as much mm. definition it's very minimal like shading and mm. contrast on them they still look really good and they're still they still pop and they use like a, a lot of pastels and earth tones yeah. but then when it comes to the food the food is like detailed very realistic and like when it shows them cutting things it actually shows cutting. like the color palette of the food looks natural
0: and i think obviously that is down to the shading and the coloring but also lighting effects because i've noticed i know it sounds a bit weird but staying at home a lot, you kind of notice what colors the, your ceiling lights are. You know what I mean? Like warm or like cool tones and whatnot. And usually in restaurants, they they tend to go for sort of warmer tones because you're trying to make it seem like it's warm and inviting. And especially in certain restaurants, the idea is to make you want to stay there for as long as possible. But if you're like going into like a McDonald's, it's always bright lights because they're trying to push you out. They're trying to get as many customers in. And you kind of see this with Katori's home, whether it's in the tatami room or in the main restaurant bar area it's warm tones you kind of see like wood grain a lot as well and it sort of adds to that sort of as you mentioned earthiness but also the feeling of being at home and i was watching this anime and i feel cozy you know and i feel i feel warm inside because of the environment
1: it's funny that you mention i'm sitting here thinking about like all the different places that i like to go to eat when i do eat out and every, and every place i go like even to like fast food chain places like sukiya and ramen family it's all wood grains, it's all earth tones, it's all warm lighting, you know, it's nothing is really made to push you out. That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I, I never even really paid much attention to that.
0: <laughs> like, like I said, it's because I, I was staying at home. But I, it also reminded me of something one of my professors said at university, I was designing a, a restaurant for one of my years in uni. And the guy was saying, what do you want it to feel like? Do you want it to be a McDonald's where you want people to just fuck off? Or do you want it to be like like a family restaurant where people are in courage to stay for as long as possible and you kind of get that feeling
1: now that i think about it, there's there's one place that's it's not bright lights to like push you out but there's a conveyor sushi place uh, near me i go to from time to time but when you go in there because they're 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 cutting the sushi right there and then putting it on the conveyor that goes around the restaurant and all that type of stuff everything is all like ceramic tiles and you know more bright lighting than warm because they have to see what they're doing and things like that so that's not as much but most of it's very very comfy
0: don't you find also that in those restaurants i know we're going on a tangent but i think it's also very prevalent to say because i think it relates to the anime but don't you also find that in those restaurants at least from what i've seen sushi restaurants to be like the so you see ceramic tiles but i'm guessing that's for hygiene but don't you see more like blue colors you know what i mean like the wall might be blue as opposed to you know a gray or a brown sort of color that you might see in for example Coco curry.
1: No you're absolutely right so if you go to what I would call a quick sushi restaurant like a conveyor sushi or like a place that you just go in grab a few bites and get out it's like that it's your blue colors and you know the tile and all that type of stuff then adverse to that if you go to a more like mom and pop shop type sushi place where it's like it's made to order like the, you know you eat and then you tell them what you want next what you want next and they make it there while you're sitting at like the table or the bar where they're making sushi then And it's the more darker earth tones and the warmer colors.
0: And I think that for me, that was like my main point in terms of the art style and animation. I mean, the animation itself wasn't that impressive to me, but I can understand because it's not an action show. You know, you don't need something that is high frame rate to see any battle sequences. Everything is quite slow. Like even the process of cooking, they take their time. So I understand why the animation doesn't pop out as much, but the colors do help it a lot
1: and then just doubling back but then like you said the contrast against all that the food itself all looks really good
0: definitely and i think if it wasn't then this show for me wouldn't have been as good i totally
1: agree with that like you know you have the characters but then the meals are kind of like the star of each episode
0: it's very odd for me to say this because usually on kunai we don't focus on sound design but i think the sound also adds to it because, yes, it's food. It's a vi- it's a very visual medium, but also food. You need to smell a lot of it as well because half the taste is in the smell, you know. But because we're kind of deprived of that, you need another form of sensory enhancement. You can tell with the chopping. Specifically, I think I noticed it when they were chopping it into the sweet potato, you know that huge fucking sweet potato They were chopping into yep, like there was a there was a resistance and you can hear it in the knife and you heard it like a ch- Clonk, you know what I mean? And it's as if you're chopping it in real life You see a lot of food anime when they're chopping really fast and shit And it's like you don't really notice what's going on and you don't really appreciate that It's actually taking a long time to cut something and it's even with the, the sizzling sounds of the food, it's like, oh, shit, okay. You can tell that's made with an oil or that's made with eggs or something that's causing that reaction. And it sort of adds to the, the whole, I don't know, it's making my mouth water a little bit just from sounds. And I think that's in itself very interesting. And it's not something that you see in anime a lot. Again,
1: you know, totally agreeing with, with you here. And, you know, even going into them, like, even having just the sounds of, like, boiling and bubbling water... Or the sounds of the sink when they're just washing the rice and you can hear the rice kind of being shifted and sifted around in the bowl as they're like, you know, how you wash rice and then you drain it and everything. All those little sounds and how you said like your mouth is watering just thinking about that. But that's what these these, you know, audio responses like ASMR, why people like tingly when they listen to that, because it makes you think about what is coming, what is causing this sound. So especially if it's a food that you like, you're going to have those kind of responses to it. And it's going to make you feel good.
0: Definitely. Um, there was one thing that you mentioned pre-recording, and I think this is very interesting because I don't really necessarily have notes on it, but it's more so the voice acting. And it was specifically about Samugi. I don't know if you want to sort of elaborate on that.
1: Yeah, so Samugi herself was voiced by a voice actress. Her name is Rina Endel. Uh, mm-hmm. And at the time of recording the show, she was 10 years old. They specifically went out and wanted to get a child voice actor for this role. And she's gone on to do other shows. She's done voices in video games. She actually does a voice in uh, Grand Blue Fantasy um, mm-hmm. that's also a, a child. So um yeah she and i think she did a great job and it's so funny thinking about she was 10 at the time playing a four to five year old and she like nails it you know because she obviously can just recall what it was like being that you know at that age
0: and i think that was quite interesting because especially in um i'm not sure if the show is dubbed i don't think it is but a lot of these these shows right especially if you're looking at american dubs or even if you're looking at shows in general like other shows that have children it's usually an older female voice you know that is like for example Bart Simpson right the woman that voices Bart like how old is she She, she's not a child you know what I mean Bart's supposed to be 10 years old so a lot of the time in anime whether it is dub or subs right they don't actually go out and take that extra mile and actually hire a child. They hire an adult that does a a child's voice. And it's not necessarily noticeable most of the time. But I think in this anime, it would have felt a bit off because I didn't notice that Sumugi was actually voiced by a child. I didn't notice this at all. I assumed that it was, you know, someone like maybe in their thirties trying to do a ch- child's voice. But now that I realize it and I try and recall smaller characters in anime, one thing that I'm remembering is, you know, Kaon? I'm not sure if you remember yep. k Oh, but- yeah. There's a scene in Kaon when they go back in time where they're putting the star on the Christmas tree, and yeah. they're like, what, maybe similar age to Samugi? Obviously, you could tell that it's those same voice actors acting like children. Like-
1: five-year-olds yeah
0: the difference is striking like you could tell as you mentioned she is recalling those memories of being a child and and bringing it into the the acting and i think it works really well
1: well and i think what it also comes down to in the end with, with like a detail of something like that it, it is like annotations so like when you're an adult and you're trying to act like a child you know like just think of like a child being surprised or a child saying wow and stuff like that it's kind of hard to to be an adult and do that you know younger high pitched voice without still having part of yourself in that whereas mm-hmm. with you know her still being at a child when she's like, Yay, you still hear that as a child.
0: It, it brings on another point as well because her voice is very unique. It is very different to the other school children that you see you know in her classroom, you know what I mean So I noticed that I, I kind of I was a bit confused and I think that's probably why I, I thought, the mum wasn't Japanese. The fact that Samugi doesn't really sp- doesn't speak proper Japanese. I know she's a child, but the accent threw me off a lot because it's like, where did she get it from? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's like a sort of, you know how some kids have a lisp or like a speech impediment? And I, I understand that. And sometimes a lot of TV shows add that in to make the kid look cuter than they are, Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that's the case here or if it is a particular accent somewhere in Japan
1: so i don't know if you have seen uh the show but just like looking up you know uh Rina endo just to see what she did after sweetness and lightning she did hinako note which she was chiaki who's one of the main characters on there so if you see that show you'll be like wait a minute that's the same kid like they're completely different
0: so you think that she's putting on like a particular accent like that's that's the thing that threw me off it was like where in Japan is this accent from? Cause the voice reminds me that she's speaking like, you know, your typical gaijin in an anime where they're like, they speak very odd Japanese.
1: I just, I literally think it was just her trying to put on the voice to have, you know, maybe not the best uh, speaking grammar. Cause it's, mm. it's hard to say speaking grammar because grammar is mostly from writing but you know I think it was her trying to speak as a child because you know when you're that age you're still even formulating how to put together sentences and how to say the right thing so it might have been a touch of that she was really trying to think what it was like as being a child but she also wasn't having to stretch to do it because you know going from you know a 4 or 5 year old child to a 10 year old child isn't really that big of a change when it comes to that mentality type of thing because like your neurons in your in your brain haven't even fully connected until you're like 18 anyway
0: and I think it, it's very interesting to ask this question more so for you because obviously being a teacher and whatnot but have you found that there are students that speak in a similar way to sumugi in the sense that sentences aren't properly formed or the wrong sentences are used
1: oh yeah absolutely and like I will have you know just to go along with that you know when i I will teach some of them something in English and it's I've taught them the same thing 20 times in the same year, but every time I ask them the same question, they still get the response wrong, you know what I mean? Because they're still kids, they're still, you know, it's, I don't wanna say in one ear, out the other, but you know, some kids, it just takes them longer to you know, be able to formulate these, these thoughts and how to express them vocally than it does others.
0: One thing that I wanted to mention briefly is, and I'm not sure if you really have notes on this is, the opening and the ending of the show. Um, More so for me, I thought the ending was... Okay, I preferred the opening only because it was interesting. There was a lot of shots. You can tell that, you know, there's a lot of anime that they just use, reuse animation from the show. Like you can tell that this was all done from scratch because there is no flying Mr. Ga- like you don't see a scene where she's flying on top of Mr. Gali There's nothing like that. So it was always interesting to see the opening, but the opening got me hyped for the show. And you got to see the whole cast of characters, even the ones that you don't really see, like Mikio-kun and, and the teacher is like the kindergarten teacher. You don't really see them as much, but it generates hype for the show in a very sort of cutesy genki. That's the sort of word I would use to describe it. I can't really explain it in English, but genki is the correct word I would use to describe this opening, you know?
1: Yeah, Ganky just means like energetic, and I think that's yeah. you know, a really good word. So I'll just literally read my notes that I have for you know the OP and EDS. So the OP was memorable and catchy but simple and captures a child's imagination. Whereas I said the ending is good but kind of forgettable, but I still actually really enjoyed it. So and then I put I put uh, like a little line here where I had to like draw a note, you know, elsewhere. And I said, got people hyped for the show.
0: Going into the sort of end part of the episode, I just wanted to know, do you want to see a second season of the show? Would that be of interest to you?
1: Personally, I absolutely would love to see a second season of the show. that That's like I said, on a sort of
0: personal level. I would love to see that. Like for me, I know this might sound a bit weird. I would not. I actually would not. I would hate a second season of the show because the ending, the, the way that the show works is that once again, there is no overarching story, right? And I don't know if they're gonna follow the manga. Yes, you would technically get more of it because you, I would assume you would see Sumugi grow physically. So there'll probably be some sort of story arcs based around that. But if it is gonna be another 12 episode anime, I don't think it's gonna be sustainable for a second season. What I would like to see, because I actually do enjoy the story a lot more, I would like to see a
1: prequel so in the reason that I say that I would want to see a second seasons is like someone from me I love slice of life anime I love simple anime I love shows like non, non and yoru camp like ones that you just put on just to enjoy just to relax just to enjoy the characters and be in the moment type of thing so that's why I you know being greedy here I would want a season two just to have more of that.
0: Like, if it was a show like Food Wars, Food Wars has, like, a story behind it, and there is a goal to meet. I mean, this show doesn't, so I don't really see the need for a second season. Yeah, I know fans of the show might be upset by that, but like I said, with the prequel, and I know recently, I've been asking for prequels a lot on Kunai, and I think Kevin was the one that probably suggested that first, but a prequel for this show would be very interesting, because I would like to see what the mum used to cook for Sumugi chan because obviously, obviously the mum died when sumugi was four, so there's at least maybe three or four years that you can explore you know and the mom has a cookbook that's already established so i would want to see that kind of come out a lot more you know and and see maybe the relationship that Corre had with his wife because he she's not mentioned a lot and i want to see you know it, it's very evident that he loves his wife right especially because he loves his child so i want to see more of that i want to see more of the actual happy family unit how Sumugi was before, because obviously a lot of Sumugi's problems are kind of revolving around the fact that she doesn't have a mum anymore. So I would like to see how the mum would have dealt with a lot of these issues while she was alive. And I think that would have been lovely to see in my personal opinion.
1: For me, I think it would be a little bit more heartbreaking though to go back and do a prequel like that, because it's one of those things like you kind of know where it's gonna go. I would rather see them like, continue on, you know, from where it left off. And then, but then delve more into the cookbook, because, like, you could tell that, you know, how much effort and love she put into the cookbook. Like, even with all the, the little little pictures mm. and you know, side notes that she made in there about, you know, likes and dislikes and what ingredients to use. But then they could still go on and do like the the previous relationship with the dad maybe through like flashbacks. You know, him looking at a recipe like I remember this and then going back to a time when that came about type of thing. So they could still intermingle it in there, but I don't think I would want to see just a straight up prequel of that.
0: The only way you can do that is if you have an overarching story. And I think if there was a second season, it would be more of the same And I think yes, it would be heartbreaking to see the mum dying. That is just true and I, I understand that, but at the same time it allows for character development. I think you can learn more about Kohei in a suggested prequel than you would ever learn about him in subsequent seasons and i think that's why i want that prequel i know it'll be heartbreaking but i think it's okay
1: but on the reverse side of that though you're then going back into a time where there wouldn't even be a Smoogie character and like you know really she's kind of like the focal point of this series and then
0: i don't know the way that i'm thinking about it is that it starts off pretty not really early on but like when she's in kindergarten and whatnot and then having the mom you know picking her up from school and whatnot and making food for the family and all that kind of stuff and then it ends right when the mom dies i know it's so it sounds so sadistic there, there's a lot of opportunity to actually have a story there is an overarching story if you did that because there is a known goal at the end obviously the mom dying being that goal it sounds i sound like such an evil bastard saying this but i genuinely think that there is a lot more to delve into using the mom as a story point
1: i i understand where you are coming from but like I said, I think that you could still do all of that via like flashbacks, either within an episode or have entire episodes of flashbacks in a season two. That's just w- where I'm coming from
0: with that. All right. We'll, we'll uh, agree to disagree, I guess. And finally, who would you recommend this show to and would you recommend this show to anyone?
1: I would recommend it. It's a great experience with many life lessons, real recipes, a nice setting and characters. Good for many different age groups, but perhaps not to the average anime fan.
0: Hmm. Okay, why is that?
1: Well, I've recently gotten to many, um, I don't want to say arguments, but discussions how where, like, your average anime fan outside of Japan is actually a lot different. Like, it's really a different world where average anime fan seems to be more, and I hate the pigeonhole here, more interested in the action, the shounen, and all that kind of stuff. So people who tell me, it's like, oh, what you know, I ask them like, oh, you like anime? Cool, whatever you watch. It's like, oh, I love like Naruto and Dragon Ball and Attack on Titan. It's like, okay, action, 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 like those type of people. Now, if you say, I watch that, and then like, I like stuff like ReZero, I like stuff like K-On, like if you start telling me these different genres, then I know I'm like, okay you're a little bit more open and receptive to something that you know maybe you should try this show and then if you watch this and you don't like it then it's like okay maybe this slice of life type stuff isn't for them
0: okay now you know what i was gonna get into an argument with you but then now i kind of see your point because on kunai that was our, our kind of a goal from the beginning you know like introducing each other to different genres of anime and and learning and being more open and receptive to all of these different genres and different topics that anime is focused on. But for me, I would say, I would recommend this as a first anime for a lot of people. I wouldn't necessarily say this as a show for seasoned anime veterans, but for people that are just getting into anime, because going off the whole OreMo episode, I know a lot of people have the stigma against anime. Oh, it's an ecchi, it's hentai, it's this and that. This is a show that is fun for all the family. You know, it has its moments, but I think it's also because it's very true to life. You know, the characters are very human and I think people relate to that a lot. That's why a lot of people like watching dramas. A lot of people like watching sitcoms, situational comedies because of that reason. Like if you're on Netflix, you're watching The Office or you're watching a K-drama because people like sort of real stories. And I think if, you know, you want to introduce your parents to anime, this is a show that I would show them why? Because it is very relatable. You know, they can they can relate to Kohei's struggle, you know, as parents, for example.
1: Like if, if someone's gonna come to me and say, like, you know what, you know a lot of anime, I kind of thinking about getting into it, what would you recommend? I could definitely see this as a recommendation for it. that's why I said perhaps not to the average anime fan. Like, you know, putting that-
0: Like I said, because it's human, it can work really well in that sense. Also the Japanese use even if people, I'm not sure if there is a dub, I don't think there is, maybe there might be, but I don't know. I, I, I would assume not, but the Japanese used, because it is most of the time is conversation with children, it is easy to understand. I wouldn't say easy to understand Japanese, but there isn't many complex words and I think people won't necessarily get caught up on reading the, the subtitles as much because it's, there's not really fast conversations that occur in the show. And I would say to you uh, a lot of the time, and I know I'm going on a tangent here, but there have been times in my watch throughs where I've turned off subtitles completely just to watch the show because I've kind of understood what's going on. And, I, and the Japanese is so simple that I kind of understand what is going on and whatnot. But like I said, yeah, the show, I would say, is very beginner friendly. I don't know where people would go afterwards, but then it's up for them to to sort of decide where they move on from there. But
1: I'm just sitting here thinking, just running through my head. It's like thinking of this as like a gateway anime. Oh, you like Sweetness and Lightning? Well, check out Food Wars. Oh, you like Food Wars? Then, you know, check out uh, DXD.
0: Anime is so closely linked together. I can see I can kind of see how you can kind of move on to other shows like you mentioned Food Wars food wars from uh dxd I, I mean food wars to dxd is a big jump but okay i could well I can i'm it.
1: because of like the the scantily clad women and the exploding ah, okay. clothes and stuff like that so yeah
0: yeah that being said i think this was a really great episode i'd like to thank everyone for tuning in today listening to this episode tell us what you think on our discord page if you go to getalivepodcast.com forward slash discord send us your suggestions and actually argue with us if you think oh this episode was shit tell us if you think oh bitch you know what i don't agree with your point on this particular character whatever be honest with us because we really do enjoy this discussion and this show doesn't happen without discussion and i also want to thank will for coming on hopefully we'll see more of will in the future as we do these sort of two man episodes during covid so if you guys liked him we'll bring him on uh, in the future and thank you Will for coming on
1: my pleasure man it's it's a blast you know uh i love listening to the episodes and i love being able to come on to the episodes so you know i love anime
0: <laughs> see that's why i bring will on he knows so much about anime and he's just uh, the funny thing is like will started off as a fan if i'm not mistaken like you started off listening to the podcast before yeah you, came you can on.
1: you can blame tyson i don't even remember how how i got to talking to, to Tyson, I mean, this has been, you know, years ago now. And then like, uh, I think it was actually something video game related, and it came up about liking anime. He's like, "Oh, you like anime? Check out this podcast."
0: You know what, Tyson, my guy. Thank you, Tyson. Tyson's done that so many different times as I, well. Like, Tyson should work in PR. Uh, you know what? Well, he should. I mean, that would be really awesome if he if he worked in like press and stuff like that. He would really succeed in that. I think he he just has a way of introducing people, and I think he's just he has a, so much networking skills. Like, anyway, this isn't the Tyson fan club episode.
1: Tyson and I disagree on more things than we agree on, but we agree that we like anime and we like Get a Life podcast.
0: I want to end this episode, but I don't want it to sound like a Tyson fan episode because, you know what, we might as well do that at this point. But I just want to end on one last point about Tyson. You mentioned this whole agreeing and disagreeing thing, but that's what makes Kunai interesting. Okay, there's some other shows out there. I don't want to call them out, but there's some other shows out there that they just... Circle jerk, you know what I mean? We know who they are.
1: Every day, I'm either I'm like getting followers on Twitter and then I lose them on Twitter because I was like, hey, this guy likes anime. And he's like, oh, he talks bad about the anime. I like, you know, or it's like, hey, he doesn't like the same people I like or, you know, I call out people for being circle jerkers and hypocrites and all that stuff. Oh, but one other thing, you know what the best thing is about Tyson?
0: What? What's the best thing? <laughs> He's not Kevin.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Why are you? Yeah, I'm just Kevin? kidding. I love you, Kevin. I, I just had I had yeah. to make that joke. I love all it's, you it, guys so it, seriously.
0: It's, it's because of it's because of Hagenai, isn't it? Is it? the damage that Kevin done on Hagenai was that I'm, it?
1: I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say yes or no to that. But no, like it's, it's really, I appreciate I appreciate you uh, having me on the show, and I appreciate all you guys. So you know, yeah, seriously.
0: Anyway, that being said, bye guys. Bye.